you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hey, everyone, welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong, and now recording from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much. Nice to see you, Helen. Nice to see you, J. Keith, but you look a little bit different. You don't have any facial hair. Yeah, uh, thank you for noticing. Um, funny story, I accidentally shaved my beard off um, <laughs> last night. How does that happen? Well, I was going to a fancy event with my uh, beloved, Sarah, and um, I wanted to dress up. And uh, so I got the I got the outfit and all that. And, uh, you know, I usually do a little trim because uh, I want to look nice Ooh. and sharp. And uh-huh. um, I thought, you know what? I've been setting my trimmer at four let me uh, let me step into the bad side a little bit. I'm gonna go three and a half. No. Yeah. So I turn the dial down to three and a half, and then I start shaving, and I realize, oh, that seems a little close for three and a half. And then I look down, uh, and it's at one. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Wait, what happened? I don't. Somehow I don't, it slipped. Your hand somehow slipped. it slipped. Yeah. Somehow my hand slipped. Either oh, my thumb slipped or the no. the top of it slipped. So uh, yeah. So you I wanted I, to be at three and a half, but yeah. you were at a one. I was at a one, and it turned out one is not the most even of settings because uh, my face has different curves and whatnot. So I actually oh. ended up taking the whole trimmer part off and just going to zero uh, oh. and trying to get everything. And I have not seen my uh, my actual non bearded face in several years, and I'm reminded why I grew the beard. I, just, uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I kind of have like a serving of mashed potatoes down here like uh, oh, at my chin no, and this weird no. curve. So you know what? I have a story to top that. So <laughs> is it does it involve shaving? <laughs> so during the pandemic we couldn't go to hair salons. You know, we kind of had to take care of our own like beauty stuff. Yeah. And so my sister and I, who live together, um YouTubed how to cut our own hair. <laughs> yes. And my sister did a great job cutting mine, and I did a terrible job cutting hers. I just started, and I was like halfway in, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But, you know, at that point, you just can't stop. And I just had to continue on, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) And this is how I know that my sister truly loves me, is that she? I gave her the world's worst haircut. Like, it would have been better if our toddler had cut her hair, I swear. (laughs) And she still speaks to me, even after I gave her literally the world. Like, she had to wear a ponytail for, like, a year. That's love when you when you totally screw up someone's haircut. Well, we'll find out if I'm going to speak to myself uh, later on. But today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they may not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? He is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist whose debut album, Old Kana, is available now. It's Philip Bowen. Hello, Philip Bowen. Hello, hello. Good to meet you guys. Hello from uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. Hello. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us from there. Now, uh, you've got millions of followers on TikTok. You've gotten great notice from outlets like NPR, Rolling Stone, and Billboard. But, of course, a lot of people first heard you on the most recent season of America's Got Talent. What was yes. that experience like for you? It was awesome. I got to meet people from all over the world with all different kinds of cool talents. So um, it was it was uh, 
Definitely a unique kind of once in a lifetime type of experience. Yeah, I know you've done a talent competitions before. Have you done ones though where you're the violin player and singer and you're going up against magicians and kids and impressionists <laughs> and uh, dance acts? Yeah, and dogs. <laughs> no, never. Yeah, that, that, that's like the running joke between the contestants on the show. It's like, please don't let me get on an episode against either a kid or a pet because that's always okay. tough. Yeah. You know, so you can't go after a dog. Come on. Yeah, it's tough. It's and tough, when those kids but... bring their dogs, forget it. That's just why. <laughs> Even, why even stick around? And they're honestly so sweet. Like, I really, you spend a lot of time together, obviously, when you're mm-hmm. doing these things when you're out there in Pasadena. So you really get to know each other. And it all ends up just in a, in a couple minutes uh, on TV. Lots of prep to try to get it. You know, when, when you're doing the, the live shows, especially, you know, you've got all these, I have four body packs on. I've got the TV director in my ear and the mm. band director and my sound and their sound. So it's just, let me just get through this 90 seconds and see what happens. You played violin on some unexpected songs. The first song that you did was by System of a Down. Tell us where you got that idea from and uh, <laughs> and what was the response like? Oh, I understand actually the band found out about it. Yeah, yeah, the band found out. Serge, who's the lead singer of System of a Down, like reached out to me and was like, that was honestly super cool. So oh, wow. I, I, was just, I was just trying to find a way to do something completely unexpected. So you mm. see this guy from you know, Appalachia walking up with a hundred year old fiddle. Like, mm. I don't think you're expecting you know, to hear like system of a down. So it's just going to be a wild card. So that's kind of how I got there. Well, it definitely made an impression. Well, let's talk about this new album that just came out uh, in the summer of 2023. Helen was pronouncing it as I believe old Kana. I thought it was maybe old Kanawa. Tell us about what that is and uh, about the different regional pronunciations. You know, the Kana is a river uh, right outside my house. I-, I grew up in a very small town in Montgomery, West Virginia. It's a huge, wide river. It's very deep. And it was my backyard and playground my whole childhood. So it's, it's very, you know, as West Virginians, we're very close to our land. We love our mountains and our mm-hmm. rivers and streams and all that stuff. So that, that was a big inspiration for the title track for the album. And so I decided to call the whole album that. But it's spelled Kanawa, but you're saying it. I was saying it the way you yeah. were saying it, which is like kind of with a drawl, like Kanawa. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes, ma'am. So like you would, you would hear like, you know, if they're from West Virginia, and an Appalachian person would say, "Oh, it's Kanawha," but the way, that's because they're saying it so fast. But it's uh, Kanawha. It. So, you, you're supposed to get that little a at the end. But we Appalachians real sing songy. You know, my yeah. my grandma would instead of bread, she'd say bread. You know, up and down. <laughs> it's like that. You know? So I think you're kind of singing when you're talking. Is that's how it kind of fluctuates up and down. Oh wow! That. And then you bring obviously that musicality uh, into the song. <laughs> Uh, Last thing I want to ask you about, you uh, give a lot of inspirational messages in the uh, videos that you post on your social media. One of them I thought was just such a lovely thought. You said, there is somebody out there waiting to be your biggest fan. Where did that idea come from? And uh, have you met your biggest fan yet? You know, I've I've been truly blessed and fortunate to, to meet a few of them, I think. You know, the first time when you're on stage and somebody starts singing your lyrics back to you. Oh, wow. Like, I, the, the first time it happened, I honestly, I got choked up. I had to stop. For, I was like, man, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It gives you chills, you know, because that's why you write them is because yeah. so it means what it can mean to whoever's listening. So uh, when I was first getting going, you know, there, it's really hard to get traction. And, and even have a thousand listeners seems like an impossible goal. And I was talking to a, another a pretty well-known artist who's been a, very nice to me and showed me a lot of kindness. And... Uh, he told me that. He said, you know, mm. Philip, somebody's waiting to be your biggest fan, but you've got to take it to them. Mm. So you know, basically, there's no substitute for the work. You just keep doing your thing and you make enough noise, the right people will hear you, essentially. Well, that is a, such a great message. And I think you're going to get some more fans as a result of people hearing your music. We hope people check it out. Thanks so much for joining us. It's Philip Bowen. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Helen, against whom will Philip be competing? 
She is an award-winning interdisciplinary artist whose solo exhibition, Paint the Town Red, just opened at Katie Tompkins Projects in Rhode Island. It's Nafis M. White. Hello, Nafis. Hello. It is such a pleasure to be here with y'all. Such a pleasure to be here with you as well. And before we started uh, recording for the show, you actually were saying that you were a fan of Philip Bowens. Maybe not his biggest. Maybe you are. (laughs) What did you want to tell Philip? Oh, well, just, you know, Philip, I just, I love your audacity. You know, I love your confidence. And I just, you know, um, I'm, I'm a fan also, you know, came to visual art by way of dance, by way of music. So upright bass and piano. So my heart, I was just like, this man, you know, so well done. And yeah, I'm a fan. That <laughs> truly, truly means the world to me. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. Now, mm-hmm. Nafis, as we record, your new solo exhibit just opened, I think, just a couple of days ago. How was the opening? And I'm curious, what are those days leading to an opening like for you? The opening was amazing. Um, oftentimes, heading into an opening, you don't sleep a whole lot. Yeah. I like to think about uh, creating not only just the work, but also creating an immersive experience mm. for my guests. I want to think about the lighting think about the scent, think about the temperature, you know, um, lay things out to really hold people. I appreciate that you talked about seating at an art exhibition because sometimes I go to art galleries and I'm like, I got to stand this entire time. Yeah, they're almost (laughs) daring you to enjoy the experience. (laughs) Right. right, I don't know know if I have the leg strength to do this whole. Well, also, I think seating also encourages other ways of interpreting. And can we also be present and thoughtful about other, Mm. you know, people's abilities and how long they're able to stand, you Mm. know, or, you know, how people respond to art. Some people will need to sit back and, you know, let it wash over you, whereas some people can just go like, you know, right by it, you know, like thing to thing to thing. Yeah. Uh, You, of course, are an interdisciplinary artist. One of the ways you've identified yourself is as a sculptor, but uh, the work that I've seen predominantly isn't bronze, isn't marble is your medium. Your main medium is, tell us. Yeah, so my main medium is hair. Is hair. Uh, my what? Is hair, yeah. So um, I've been really inspired, actually, um, and this is through discovering, you know, uh, lineage, looking at how women would braid their hair together and create these very gorgeous, very intricate, wire-woven floral motifs um, that are dimensional. Mm-hmm. So I utilize those techniques I collect and I look at them and then I've taught myself how to do that wire work. The way that I adhere them is with bobby pins. Yeah, that's so incredible. Thousands. I want to invite our listeners as they're hearing this, if they can, go to uh, Nafis White, N-A-F-I-S White dot com right now as you're listening to this and look at some of these pieces and then look at them and imagine what you think they're assembled with and realize that the only adhesive, if you will, <laughs> is bobby pins. It's incredible. Wow. And the scale is really amazing also because you'll do some pieces that could sort of be on someone's lapel and then others that are eight by four feet tall. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, I mean, they barely get out of my studio. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting to me is when you list the materials, of course, you list the physical materials of the hair and the bobby pins. But you also say things that the ingredients include embodied knowledge, ancestral recall, audacity of survival. Um, I can understand how those could go into an artistic piece. Why is it important for you to put those in the descriptions? Because I want people to know there's there's something that just clicks, you know, like with music or, um, you know, with cooking, with weaving. Sometimes people just have an innate uh, talent for it. And mm. that's like embodied. That's kind of ancestral. That's like mm. somewhere inside of you and it comes out. And then when you discover it, it's like, whoa, I want to honor that type of lineage, that type of ancestry in terms of embodied knowledge. I want that to be part of that work always too. Yeah, you that's know? important to you so, as much as the physical materials that you're using. 
That's right. right. That's right. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, you have said that in order to make these particular kinds of works, you need to do so when you're jubilant. You can only do that when you're jubilant. How do you become jubilant when maybe you're not feeling so jubilant to get yourself in that creative, spiritual place? So I, I do start off the weavings uh, with, with ritual. So just, you know, meditation, presence, time, you know. Um, and, you know, I also know when not to do things. You know, when like you're hangry and someone <laughs> says something and you're like, I could, I could answer that. Yeah. But then you're like, let me, let me put some space between that. I'm very lucky, though, that joy is my general set, you know. Oh, and it, wow. It really is. It really is. I'm, I'm definitely a, a, an optimist and, you know, somebody who, who sees, you know, just things being great often. Um, so I'm oh, able to really wait, kind of without, pilot in that without, me- without medication? Oh my god! So yeah, without medication, <laughs> it's just like I if I think house music is my medication. I love I love dancing and grooving when I work on things. That's but, great. Like, yeah. I'm like yeah. I need yeah. so much medication. To yeah. Get to that. Helen and I are hanging around that comedians, is. so we're not used to this kind of uh, <laughs> positive oh. outlook. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your joy with us today, Nafis M. White. Everybody. My pleasure. Philip and Nafis, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics that you know and love that are outside your field of work. Philip, for you, you said that was West Virginia University Mountaineers Athletics. Uh, Philip is pointing to the logo on his hat. Uh, the <laughs> Wheel of Time series and coffee. Whereas Nafis, you have a little bit of a connection with college sports here because you said that you know and love Coach Prime Deion Sanders at the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah. Duran Bernard's Tiny Desk Performance. And slime molds. Slime molds. We're going to find out a little bit more about each of those later on when we ask you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It is time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, turf toe. First up is Philip. Philip, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? I will let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactyourpod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it. Hello, this is Sean Patchett from Ontario, Canada. Here's my question for What's the Difference? While both can feel good under your toes, what's the difference between turf and lawn? Thanks so much for this opportunity. <laughs> Go touch some grass. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Thank you so much, Sean. By the way, I did not tell Sean to do that. He did that on his own. He understood the assignment and what this show is. Sean, that was delightful. Excellent. Uh, all right, Philip, back to the game. You heard Sean. What is the difference between turf and lawn? Lawn is natural grass and turf is synthetic. All right, short and sweet. We don't know yet if Philip is entirely correct. Nafis, anything you'd like to add or change? Oh, gosh. Um, turf is carcinogen. So, <laughs> so synthetic. I, I would say the same. I'm sorry. You would say <laughs> the same. Different. Well, the segment needs to get mowed down. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Turf is a layer of ground made of grass and other plants down to their roots and refers to an area that could be small or could spread in all directions for many square miles. A lawn is the ground intended to contain only grass, 
which is meant to be mowed and is kept in a well-defined area, usually directly in front of and or behind a building. Uh, yes, it turns out turf can be natural or artificial lawn, I believe, refers specifically to uh, its location. So also, gangs typically defend their turf, but I've never heard of a gang defending their lawn. Helen, how did our guests right. do? Oh, you don't live in my neighborhood then. <laughs> Usually I'm telling kids to get off my lawn, but I don't know if that's quite the same thing. Helen, how'd they do? I don't think either one of you got a point. I'm no, sorry. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> but at least we've got a very even game. All right, up next in Turf Toe is Nafis. Nafis, while both might get your lawn and turf tools from place to place, what's the difference between when you tow something with a vehicle and when you haul something with a vehicle? Tow and haul. A tow is like not open aired, whereas a hauling might be kind of closed off. Like I would haul an art piece in an enclosure. I would not tow it because it would be exposed to the elements. That's how I'm feeling. Okay. <laughs> With crowning fingers and all. All right. We've got Nafisa's <laughs> nefarious answer. We don't know yet if she's exactly correct. Philip, anything you'd like to add or change? Yeah, I, I think that like towing would be specific to like you've got something in addition to your vehicle that the thing is in. Mm -hmm. And I think hauling would mean you don't need anything else, else but the vehicle to move the thing that you're mm. hauling. So yeah, yeah, hauling is in the vehicle. Towing is being pulled along by the vehicle and something else. All right. Well, this segment needs to haul ass. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judge's <laughs> table for the facts. <laughs> You're on fire today with these, Jake <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Here are the facts. When you tow something, you drag it behind a vehicle, usually with a rope, chain, cable, or a special bar made for towing. When you haul something, you put it directly in or on the vehicle you are driving. That's right. Now, as mentioned, you tow a car behind a truck, but if you're using one of those big car-carrying trailers that hold multiple cars, you're actually towing and hauling because the truck is towing the trailer and the trailer is hauling the cars. Our guests went toe-to-toe -to -toe on this subject. Helen, how did they do? You know, I'm a little torn because, Nafis, you did say... Um, uh, hauling is closed off, which is which is potentially, you know, if you put put something directly in the vehicle, that is true. Um, but then, Philip, you did say, in, you know, you tow something in addition to the vehicle, but then you don't need anything else but the vehicle. I'm going to give Nafis half a point and Philip a point and a half. How about that? All right. What is our score at the end of that round, Helen? At the end of that round, Philip Bowen has a point and a half, and Nafis M. White has half a point. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. You know, Helen, over the holidays, I was fortunate enough to do some traveling, and I stayed in some very fancy hotels that I could only afford because I'm a cheapskate who knows how to use points. Uh, <laughs> but there were some wonderful hotels, and, and uh, it was there was this one in particular where it was this very comfortable bed. It was a, just the kind of pillow that I liked. I didn't have any light coming in, and I still could not sleep right. And I realized it was the temperature. I missed my Miracle Made sheets. Oh. They don't have the temperature regulating sheets that you get from Miracle Made. Oh, why don't hotels use Miracle Made sheets? <laughs> What's so great about Miracle Made, Helen? You know. Miracle Made sheets are inspired by NASA. 
and they use silver-infused fabrics that make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. That's right. If it gets cold, you feel warmer. If it gets warmer, you feel cool. You don't have to worry about the temperature when you're dealing with these luxurious sheets. They're infused with silver, actual silver, that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. What's so bad about bacteria anyway, Helen? Bacteria are no good for nobody sleeping. They can clog your pores, cause breakouts and acne. You know, as an actress, that is a big problem for me. And so you can sleep cleaner with Miracle. Yeah, Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without that high price tag of other luxury brands. And they feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. I was just talking about that. This hotel had five stars and still did not have Miracle-made sheets. Oh, Helen, how can these hotels get Miracle-Made sheets as well as our listeners? Our listeners can go to trymiracle.com slash gofact to try Miracle-Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code GOFACT at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Oh, Miracle is so confident in their product, their sheets, and their towels that they're packed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash gofact and use the code gofact to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. And that's why we say... Thank Thank you, you, Miracle Miracle Maid. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Philip Bowen and Nafis M. White. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Helen. All right, Philip, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love West Virginia University Mountaineers Athletics, the Wheel of Time series, and coffee. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what West Virginia University Mountaineers Athletics means to you. The Mountaineers mean a lot to me. It, It means time with family. It means getting up early on a Saturday morning to drive up to Morgantown with my dad and brother and whoever else and watch a game. And it's uh, something, you know, we don't have any pro teams in West Virginia. And so the whole state rallies behind this college athletics team, especially football and basketball. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of feels like home to me. And it's just a, kind of a part of part of growing up and who I am. Oh, I love that it's a family affair. That's very nice. All right, next, tell us what the Wheel of Time series means to you. I love to read, and I specifically love to read to escape. And fantasy is one of my favorite genres. And the Wheel of Time is the first fantasy series I ever read. I got introduced to it in like late high school, 14 books later. You know, there there I go. So I, I, I love the series. I love the author. And uh, yeah, it just, it just exposed me to like world building and all these wonderful, magical things. And I just love that series. Have you been watching the TV adaptation? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think of it? it? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Big thumbs up for me. It's an adaptation. So I I didn't have expectations for it to be exactly similar, but I just, I was loving to see it to come to life in a way that was outside of my own, you know, imagination. So I've tried to enjoy it. All right. And then finally, Philip, tell us why you know and love coffee. (laughs) I mean, yes, I love it. It helped me a lot this morning. (laughs) I had a late night last night playing music. So I had like a big iced espresso this morning. I just, uh, I like the smell of it, I like the nuance of it, and the flavors that it brings. I like how it's like bold and strong. 
And uh, I want I want coffee so strong I can kind of chew through it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> plus, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a I'm, I'm of Lebanese descent, so it's yep. it's a big part of all co- our culture as well. Like we gather around it, hot, iced, whatever. So it, I love coffee. Wonderful. All right. Well, to summarize, Philip, you said that you know and love West Virginia University Mountaineers athletics, the Wheel of Time series, and coffee. Today, we want to quiz you about. West Virginia University Mountaineers Athletics. Nice, nice. Go Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers, indeed. I understand you've actually gotten to perform at some uh, Mountaineer events. I have. That has been a very surreal of, of all this, a very surreal part of all this kind of taken off for me. I've been able to do things with the basketball program, the football program. I've played for the spring game with the full band, so it's been really cool. Very cool. And you mentioned uh, that you particularly enjoy football and basketball there. Do you go and see mm-hmm. some of the other sports, though, as well? Yeah, I do. I've been to, um, you know, my, I'm, I'm based in Michigan right now. So, for example, my brother and I went to Ann Arbor because the so- the men's soccer team was playing University of Michigan. So if any sport of WVUs is in town, we will find a way to go and support them. Wow, you are a loyal follower. Just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with an expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, Philip, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Nafis, listen closely, because if Philip answers incorrectly, you could steal. By the way, Nafis, how much do you know about West Virginia University Mountaineers Athletics? <laughs> Absolutely zero, but but I'm a good guesser. Okay? All right, okay. <laughs> the guessing gauntlet has been thrown excellent all right let's see how you do philip here's question number one you go to basketball games expecting to see a hardwood floor but at a west virginia university mountaineers basketball game you'll see something on that floor before the start of each game what item has been rolled out for legendary players including hot rod hundley fritz williams and jerry west to run out on during home game introductions they roll out that golden blue carpet before every game helen that is correct that is correct for the point very nice fun fact the mountaineers have also had several players in the wnba including Olayinka sani who won a champion with the Detroit Shock in 2008. Philip, you did not need the hint in that question, but Helen, I know you're eager to give it. What would that hint have been? <laughs> Over, under, and sideways on a magic <laughs> ride. A whole oh, new world. world. Yeah. Thank you so much, Helen Hong. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> All right, here is question number two. The West Virginia University Mountaineers have two official fight songs, Hail West Virginia and Fight Mountaineers, and one unofficial one, a John Denver song that is the official state song of West Virginia. What song is it? Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. I take the country roads, baby. Country roads. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, baby. <laughs> Fun fact, John Denver christened the school's new stadium with his performance of Take Me Home Country Roads during the pregame festivities before the 1980 season opener. Someone named Philip Bowen's version of the song, I believe, has over 7 million views on TikTok. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that means a lot to me. That's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Here's question number three. There are 18 varsity teams at West Virginia University, but which of the following is not one of them? Is it men's soccer, women's soccer, men's rowing, women's volleyball, or co-ed rifle? Um, I believe that it's men's rowing. 
Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice. We knew that you knew there was men's soccer because you went and saw them, but men's rowing mm-hmm. is uh, correct. By the way, there is women's rowing, but not men's rowing. West Virginia's co-ed rifle program is actually the most successful in the nation, having won 19 yeah. championships. Four of its athletes, Ginny Thrasher, Jack Ryder, John Hammond, and Nico Campriani, have won Olympic gold medals. Wow. You are three for three, Philip. You still have your hints available. Here's question number four. The Mountaineers baseball team has produced several players who have made it to the majors. In 2023, four MLB teams had players who had gone to West Virginia. Name any two of them. Alex Manila. Are we looking for the team? Okay, I'll take, I'll take one of my hints. Okay, Helen, how about that first hint? Two of the teams are in California. Uh, oh, I know that. The Giants for sure. And the Padres. Helen? That is not correct. Not entirely correct. No, Nafis with a chance to steal. Oh, God. <laughs> My God. Um, I, I, I couldn't even. Can you name any other I'm baseball sorry. team? You might get lucky. Uh, Dodgers. Helen? That is partially correct. Yes. Dodgers oh, is yeah. one of them. I think, we'll give yeah. a half, I think we'll give a half a point to each one. Yeah. Yes, the Blue Jays had Alec Manoa, Baltimore Orioles, John Means, the Dodgers that Nafis mentioned had Michael Grove, and the Padres, who Philip got correct, had Jackson Wolf. John Means and Alec Manoa have been all-stars. Jackson Wolf made his MLB debut in July of 2023 for the Padres, appearing in only one game all season, but he won. Go Mountaineers. Hey. Go Mount- all right. Okay. Here is question number five. One of the most recognizable logos in sports is on your hat right now. West Virginia's Flying WV, which made its debut in 1980 at the same game where John Denver sang Take Me Home Country Roads. What other person named John designed that logo? Oh, man, I know this. I'll take a hint. Helen, how about that second hint? John's last name is the same name as a sitcom that aired on Fox from 1992 to 1997 whose theme song was sometimes performed by the group Take Six. Is it John Frazier? Helen, is it John Frazier? It is not John Frazier. No, but a very entertaining guess. I'm sorry, Nafis, a chance to steal. I don't know why I kept thinking Friends, but no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't Helen, know. is it John Friends? Know. It is not John Frank. <laughs> no, I'm terribly know, sorry. Now, we were looking for John Martin. Martin, the name of the sitcom. Sorry, oh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, Take oh, Six did the oh, theme song. God. Yes. No. no point there. It's all right, though. Uh, fun fact, John Martin was paid $200 for that logo. And according to the university, the official colors of the school, as seen in the logo, are gold and blue and not blue and gold. <laughs> very, very important. Very specific. Yes. Okay. All right, Philip, you did pretty well in that round, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Philip, Owen Schmidt, who played professionally for three NFL teams, was a West Virginia standout. He now hosts a podcast with sideline reporter Jed Drenning, who also played for the Mountaineers. For up to three points, what vehicular nickname did Owen Schmidt earn after a long touchdown run in the Fiesta Bowl? Next, what position did Jed Drenning play at West Virginia? And after what offensive formation, often employed by Mountaineer coach Rich Rodriguez, did Schmidt and Drenning name their podcast In the Gun? All right. The first one is Runaway Beer Truck. Runaway Beer Truck. All right. The second one, Jed Drenning played QB, quarterback, I think. Okay. And the third one, uh, it's shotgun. Shotgun. All right, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. In fact, we have two. Helen, who do we have tonight? 
Joining us tonight from West Virginia are two former Mountaineers who host the podcast In the Gun. It's Owen Schmidt and Jed yeah. Drenning. What up, dog? <laughs> hey, what's up, my boy? What's going on? <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, it's so wonderful to have you. Uh, Jed, you're currently on the road in your car. We appreciate your finding service uh, out there in the middle of West Virginia. <laughs> Tell us what you're up to today, Jed. Well, my day job. Uh, I find myself out and about visiting different clinics through uh, rural West Virginia and parts of Virginia and Maryland. But I got to tell you, Philip, I'm fired up that you racked off those three answers as quickly as you did. You, you mentioned in the previous answer, John Martin. You know, a cool thing. Mm -hmm. We actually back in 2013, Philip, got to visit John Martin's in-house art studio in Overland Park. Oh, so cool. It was me and Tony Caridi, who, of course, you know, and what a great adventure mm -hmm. that was. But yeah, we're fired up for you, brother. Me and Owen are pulling for you. Man, I appreciate y'all so much. And it, it's been such a joy to like, you see you do your thing on the sideline, on the sideline. I like that was so much fun last year. So yeah, amazing stuff. Let's talk about how each of you ended up at West Virginia because it kind of had uh, different routes. Owen, why don't you go first? How did you end up playing at West Virginia? I uh, was playing D3 ball in, in Wisconsin. I ended up creating a VHS tape highlight. And my mom and I drove up and down the East Coast, delivering to local schools. And uh, West Virginia was the only school to offer me a walk-on position. So I walked on. What? University. Yep. You get hired from a VHS tape? Yeah, the old VHS tapes. <laughs> right? That's the old tape out. Donnie Young was kind enough to give me an email. I made the team. Ended up, you know, just working really hard and eventually getting my opportunity, taking the best of it and earning a scholarship the following year. That's kind of how I made my road to West Virginia. Interesting. And Jed, tell us about you, because you had sort of an opposite approach. Well, I'm kind of just along for the ride. I mean, yeah. <laughs> understands that, that Owen Schmidt is actually West Virginia football royalty, and he's, he's a legend throughout the state of West Virginia. But, but I kind of bounced around with a college career. And then I found myself, when Rich got the West Virginia job, being asked to do a bunch of different interviews to talk about his unique offensive scheme. And so that kind of turned into a, a part-time hustle on the side with the uh, Mountaineer Sports Network. And I've done that for the better part of the last 15 years in the capacity that I do sideline reporter, pregame analysts, all that kind of good stuff. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that was a direct uh, a direct link to the broadcasting career that you have now. Yeah. Owen and I launched this thing last summer. And mm -hmm. In the Gun is the name of our podcast because Owen that's and I cool. played for Coach Rodriguez in the gun. So that's that's where it got its name. Now, you weren't players at the same time, and, and you weren't a broadcaster when Owen was playing. How did you come together to make this podcast together? I kind of know a lot of the same people, right, Owen? Uh, I mean, that, that's really what it amounts to. My network overlaps with his network pretty extensively. I've, I played for Rich 15 years before Owen did. Uh, but right. the funny thing is we actually had Rich on our podcast early this summer, and, and some of the stories are timeless. I mean, we thought ourselves – telling some of the same stories just 15 years apart, but, but Owen and I are a lot of the same folks. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Oh, and Jed mentioned that you're a West Virginia legend. That's probably because you were part of some of the biggest wins in school history, including the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Gator Bowl. Uh, which of those was the sweetest? What is it? Was it that big upset that you had? The sweetest victory was probably the last game, the Fiesta Bowl. There was a little bit of coaching drama that happened. Coach Rod ended up leaving us for Michigan, and the team was just kind of throwing a little bit of adversity, I guess you would say, at the end of the season, coming off a big loss to Pitt for the national championship. And we ended up coming in there playing uh, a highly uh, talented Oklahoma team. Right. And, uh, you know, kind of beating the ass off them a little bit. 
And, uh, <laughs> I mean, we did. Oh, and I understand you've uh, segued into a coaching role. Tell us what level that you've been coaching and, and what's that like for you? Yeah, uh, just started coaching some uh, single-A high school football here in West Virginia. I'm down at Greenbrier West and uh, loving it. Uh, we just went uh, – played our last regular season game last Friday. We went undefeated for the season. Now we got playoffs rolling in here. So uh, we got some good momentum, good he uh, head of steam ahead of us. And uh, now it's a play for keeps. So I hope uh, hope those boys are ready. Jed, the fan base, as we've uh, heard from Philip, is, let us say, very passionate uh, at West Virginia. What kind of things have you seen on the sidelines that maybe you didn't quite catch when you were a player? First of all, Philip, you have me questioning how I, how I pronounce Kanawha. I, I mean, I'm really wondering now. <laughs> uh, on the sidelines, on the sidelines, uh, I'll just say this. It's beyond the Disney rating. The types okay. of things you hear there. <laughs> are unfiltered got it so a lot of your job is uh not reporting what you hear but <laughs> well let's just say this my mic has a mute button and yeah you learn pretty quick you have a very quick draw on the mute button because you never know what you're gonna walk by <laughs> with mic. so yeah that's that's part of the job description for sure all right well let's get to the reason we brought both of you here as far as our game is concerned you heard the question that we asked to philip first we wanted to know what was the vehicular nickname that owen schmidt earned after that long touchdown run at the fiesta bowl helen what did philip say philip said the runaway beer truck and owen that is correct that is correct. Yes, that was, uh, I believe, given to you by the broadcaster, Matt Vaskersian. How did you feel about uh, getting that nickname and having that be what you were known for? Just funny overall. If, if you know me personally, I do like a few adult beverages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was kind of a proper name. Yeah, um, yeah they, but... they didn't call you the runaway wine cooler <laughs> truck, though, I noticed. No, no. Or the milk truck. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be my son. I got a great picture of him tipping up a full gallon of milk. Uh, He's growing. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. So that is a point there for Philip. Next, we want to know what position did broadcaster Jed Drenning play when he was at West Virginia? Helen, what did Philip say? Philip said quarterback. And Jed? That is 1,000% correct, but don't be confused. The type of quarterbacks that I wouldn't play with, the Pat Whites of the world, that's a different species than what I was. I mean, I used to say if, we, if I had to take more than three snaps with the steps with the football in my hand, something went very wrong. <laughs> I, I threw to guys who could run. I didn't run myself. But uh, yeah. yeah, game, game changed as you were uh, as you were uh, starting to play there. But that is a point there for Philip. And then finally, want to know after what offensive formation often employed by Coach Rich Rodriguez did Schmidt and Drenning name their podcast in the gun? Helen, what did Philip say? Philip said shotgun. And gentlemen. Absolutely. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Very, very good. Three for three in the cluster he for Philip. He knocked it out of the park to mix our metaphors. Uh, Philip, while we've got <laughs> Owen and Jed here, anything else you'd like to ask or say to them? Well, first of all, you know, I don't think I can go to Morgantown and get some of those wrong, you know, so like I had a lot, a lot of pressure there, but um, <laughs> I appreciate both these guys because like I said at the beginning, you know, so much of your, your life growing up in West Virginia, I remember getting up at 7 a.m. with my dad. We dropped three hours to Morgantown so we could tailgate a little bit. And then you're up in the nosebleeds and you're just watching every little thing. And the, you truly live and die with it when you grow up there. So I appreciate both of y'all. I, I always wonder what it was like. You know, you, I've seen that Bill Stewart speech a million times before that Oklahoma game. But I, I always wonder how y'all were feeling. I mean, I could see it on your face. But, like, you know, sometimes when you, as a fan when you're watching the game, you see the team come out there. Jed, I know you – Sometimes people, they just come out with an extra pep in their step, and you can just see y'all were so fired up. So I always wonder what it was like to just be in there for that moment, man. Well, obviously, you kind of know the what transpired with Rich leaving and and kind of what the uh, stage was set for the game. I think we were a little pissed off, too. We were late mm. to the game. 
we had the uh, motorcade, but they just weren't doing nothing, right? The motorcade was supposed <laughs> to part the Red Sea. You know, you're supposed to get through the traffic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we ended up showing up late to that game. And uh, Coach Coach Stu just – he nailed it on the head. He just pulled one out of his coaching Bible there and uh, gave one for the ages, and, and we went out there mm-hmm. and took care of business. It's interesting because I've, I've never played athletics, in case it's not obvious. But uh, you watch these <laughs> uh, you watch these sports movies and, uh, you know, the sort of the cliche of the stirring speech that the coach gives that motivates players. And sometimes I watch that and I'm like, oh, come on. Like, these are athletes. It's a physical game. How much could that make a difference? So it's interesting to hear it really could make a difference. Yeah, I, I think when you're mentally, physically prepared for a game, there's little, there's just little things that, little hints that drop off that, you know, you're in such a huge, deep focus that if you just hear that one word, it just kind of pushes that inspiration. And like Mrs. White was saying about her hands, right? These are our tools, and uh, they, they just that kind of passion just flows out, flows out into you. And that's what ended up happening in that game. We, we, we uh, it was a real nail biter at first, but then we kind of broke it loose and. Uh, it ended up being one of the greatest school victories in in, uh, in our history. Wow. That's so cool to see that all connected. That, that, that creativity, inspiration, no matter sort of what the medium, kind of has that in common. Jen and Owen, it's been wonderful that you joined us. If people want to find out more about what y'all are up to, where can they do that? Uh, well, we got our podcast, In the Gun. It's part of the Believe Network. You could find it on YouTube at In the Gun Podcast, or you could find it at uh, all your favorite audio mediums as well. But in closing, here's what I'd say, Owen. Philip said he was nervous that he might w- miss one of these West Virginia football questions and came <laughs> himself back in West Virginia. Philip, I got to say, it would have been fine to miss one of these questions, especially what position did Jed Redding play. But you know what would not have been fine? as someone from <laughs> Virginia, to miss the towing versus hauling question. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might not be able to come back to the state of West Virginia. Uh, yeah. That's true, man. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. You're right about that. Especially if you're towing a runaway beer truck. Uh, well, it's been so wonderful that both of y'all joined us. Thank you so much again for being here. Jed Drenning and Owen Schmidt, everybody. Thanks, guys. Good to see y'all. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Philip Bowen has eight points and Nafis M. White has one point with a round of questions for Nafis coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Nafis about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Philip and Nafis will go head to head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 911. My husband! There are plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice, but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes. Judge John Hodgman, the only true crime podcast that won't leave you feeling sad and bad and scared for once. Only on MaximumFun.org. Uh, this is Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cation. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun. And it's very exciting because what do we talk about? Comedy. Stand up comedy. We both do stand up comedy and have since the dawn of well, Christ. Jackie. Is that offensive? It is offensive to me because you've aged me. <laughs> uh, we started in the late 80s and we're still here. You can't kill us. So go to The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun and listen to that. Jackie and Lori Show. New episodes Monday, only on MaximumFun.org.
Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Philip Bowen and Nafis M. White. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Helen. All right, Nafis, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love Coach Prime Deion Sanders at the Colorado Buffaloes, Durand Bernard's Tiny Desk Performance, and Slime Molds. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what Coach Prime at the Colorado Buffaloes means to you. For one, I, I find him so motivating. I find that he does what I do in my studio, you know, and oh, what wow. I do in community is engagement, bringing people together. And so I was just like, I need to pay attention to this. He set a precedent in sports. He's been on top of things. You need to pay that man more than $5 million. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, I mean, he is bringing, like, bringing people together. And the, the motivation is just, you know, what I see is, is what I want to continue to do in my practice. I am learning so much on today's show about how much football has in common with art. I hadn't thought of that before. That's fantastic. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> All right, next, Nafis, tell us what Duran Bernard's tiny desk performance means to you. Oh, oh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. B- Bernard. <laughs> Duran, li- listen, um, as, as somebody who loves like neo-soul musicality, someone who loves the performative, somebody who lives in their truth, Durand is that. Mm. And when I, and I knew he was going to give something good. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know all that was going to be given. When he went on that tiny desk, he just like reached down and said, you know, brought back, you know, just that energy of like a little Richard and that, you know, that mystery of like Erica Badu, all of these things. Like he is such a prolific and proficient talent and also just down to earth. So I'm all about that, man. Yes. All right. Good to know. And uh, just to, just to clarify, when we say the tiny desk performance, that was uh, part of the, the NPR, I think, tiny desk concerts that are, or a series. And uh, that's where he performed uh, that set that we're talking about. All right. And then finally, Nafis, tell us what slime molds mean to you. So my mother, before she became a minister, was a biologist. And so she was so inspired by slime molds. So She's written sermons about them. What? To clarify, what even is a slime mold? What are we talking? I th- are we talking about like a cup that you put the Nickelodeon goo in? No, no, no. We're talking about we're talking about organisms. We're talking about amoebas. We're talking about oh. tiny little things that like you know move and create spores and you know help you know things decompose. Oh wow! Um, and and create networks underground. They're fascinating. Fascinating. And so I just, when you all were inquiring about what interested me, my mother has been so deeply on my mind and heart. And so I was just like, slime old. You know? (laughs) All right. Well, to summarize, Nafis, you said that you know and love Coach Prime Deion Sanders at the Colorado Buffaloes, Duran Bernard's Tiny Desk Performance, and Slime Molds. Today we want to quiz you about Duran Bernard's Tiny Desk Performance. Oh, that's right. Nafis Nafis throwing her hands up in the air in joy. Yes. I had not heard of uh, Duran Bernard before you mentioned it. I had not seen Uh that. And I, after watching this multiple times, I am changed. So first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for pointing this out to me. Thank you for introducing us both because neither one of us had seen it before the show. And we're like, whoa, this is a mind-blowing performance. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So uh, had had you heard of Duran before this and uh, then found out? Or is this how you found him? He sings Mm. backup for Miss Erica Badu. And I thought, who is this man? And then I got into um, Dur and then Ampersand and like his album and then got into Wanderlust. And I just, I actually also... Love what he does on social media, especially on his lives on Instagram. His ability to just, you know, again, bring people together, that that jovial 
the kind of exuberant effervescent nature that you all saw is what attracted me. I just, it was about somebody living in their truth and in their profound beauty. Wow. So well said. And listeners, do yourselves a favor. Go watch this. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. You will not be disappointed. Well, just ahead, we're going to list the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with a question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, Nafis, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, like Philip, of course, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Philip, do listen closely because if Nafis answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Philip, how much do you know about Duran Bernard's tiny desk performance? Um, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I, I have seen it. I, oh, wonderful. I, I, I love Tiny Desk, and um, it's like a weird musician thing to say, but I, I love how his, his uh, performance, it's very genre-bending. Like, you mm-hmm. get folk, oh. you get jazz, you get bluegrass, and I, I I do not know his name, but I love the bass player in that he just rocks. And I don't. I need to look up his name, because I, I would love to give him credit for it, but... I wish I, I should. I wish I knew it off the top of my head because he does such a great job, and the whole performance is great. Anyways, I've seen it. I'm not an expert, and I love the bass player in that performance. He does such a good yeah. job. Well, we'll uh, we'll see if the feast gives you a chance. Here is question okay. number one about Duran Bernard's Tiny Desk Woo! concert. Like all Tiny Desk concerts, Duran Bernard's one in March of 2023 took place at an actual tiny desk at the actual offices of National Public Radio in what U.S. city whose citizens have no representation in the nearby U.S. Senate? So we we in D.C., honey. We in D.C. Uh-huh. <laughs> Helen, are we, honey? Oh, honey, we are. <laughs> we that are. Is that is correct, of course. Very nice. <laughs> Fun fact, the Tiny Desk is that of Bob Boylan, creator of All Songs Considered and co-creator of the Tiny Desk Concerts. Bob recently retired from NPR. He had been in a band called Tiny Desk Unit, which helped lead to the name of Tiny Desk Concerts. I also love that Bob Boylan is probably a borderline hoarder. Can we all agree? <laughs> like, there's just yes. a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's there. amazing they were able to fit an entire band in that office. There was a lot of, a lot of going on in there. Here's question number two. If you watch this performance on video, you'd notice that Durand and his band are dressed in a very specific manner. And even if you only heard the set, you might have noticed that the backup singers were first referred to as Zoe, Felix, and La Cienega Boulevardez. That's because all were in cosplay as characters from what early 2000s Disney Channel animated show that was recently rebooted on Disney Plus and featured a lead character named Penny. Oh, no. I have a feeling you you might not quite know this on the top of your head. May I please have a hint? Helen, how about that first hint? They're not the ashamed family. Oh, uh, uh, oh gosh. What, oh, what oh, might be oh, the opposite oh, oh. of ashamed? A beaming with joy. You are mm. joyful. The joyful family. The, okay, the, the, I, I tried so hard. Philip no, Phil, is, <laughs> Phil right. is rolling on the couch. Take that point, boo, because it's not... <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. No, that is not a successful answer. Boo, with a chance to steal. <laughs> it's got to be the proud family. It's got to be the proud family. That is correct. That is correct. The is proud correct. family. Oh, I'm sorry. Mad. Oh, oh. oh, that's yeah, all right. It, all happen- right. it happens sometimes. It's all for fun. Listen. Uh, fun fact, Durand <laughs> in a white sequin suit with hot pink lapel and cuffs and curly pompadour wig is dressed as Uncle Bobby. Tommy Davidson, who voices Oscar on The Proud Family, was a guest on episode 59 of Go Fact Yourself. All right, Nafis, let's see if we can bounce back with question number three. Duran Bernard packed a lot of music into a 22-minute concert, but which of the following one-word songs is not included in the set? Was it Freefall, Relocate, Company, 
stuck, or whisper? Whisper. Helen? That is correct. That was on the top of her head, and she got it right. Back in the game, Nafis, very nice for the point. Fun fact, in addition to performing Stuck, he also did a reprise of the song, which he played before the actual song, so perhaps a pre-prise. Here is question number four. In case you're listening to the music and not sure where it was recorded, Duran lets you know during several of the songs, such as in this clip. Give it a listen. What song features that helpful interlude where he says, I'm up at NPR on Tiny Desk? I need a hint. All right, Helen, how about that second hint? You can use it on your skin or hair as you would Shay or Coco. And despite the fruity name, it does not smell like a tropical smoothie. Mango butter. Helen? That is correct. Mango butter is correct. Very nice. Good use of the hint. Nafis wiping Ooh. sweat off of her brow. <laughs> she Look, did well it's there. Getting real. It's, it is it's getting, getting real. real. We're getting okay. into it. Fun fact, the lyrics do not include the words mango or butter, but the course does include two words we'd have to bleep if we played it. <laughs> One of those words rhymes with which. All right, <laughs> Nafis. <laughs> Here's question number five. You have no hints available, but let's see how you do on your own. Here's question number five. The concert ends, as probably few Tiny Desk ones do, with Durand shirtless and wigless, dancing his way through the NPR office giving hugs, all while drinking a mug of what brand of tea? Oh, my goodness. Yes, there was there was some freeze-framing and zooming involved in this question. I just got to give you some credit on that. That's a, that's a whole question. What would this man drink? That's a deep cut. It is. Mm-hmm. Look, I, look, we just going to... I. Lord have mercy. That's um, Stash. Helen, is it stash? stash? It is not Stash. No, I'm terribly sorry. Philip with a chance to steal. I'm looking across the room at a tea bag hanging out of an old mug, and it says Tazo, so I'm going to guess, like, Tazo. Helen, is it the conveniently located Tazo tea? <laughs> it is not Tazo tea. No, both very reasonable guesses, oh! both of you. Uh, the answer was Yogi. Yogi tea in that oh. mug. No point there for either of you. That was a deep cut. That was a deep cut. Yes, I had to consult graphic designers and a tea expert to double check. But that that (laughs) did seem, in fact, to be the case. Uh, Fun fact, Yogi has over 40 tea blends made from 140 exotic spices and botanicals sourced from around the globe. We were not able to identify the blend from the video, although I would guess it was throat comfort. Hmm. All right, Nafis, you did pretty well in that. But now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Nafis, for some, Duran Bernard's Tiny Desk Concert feels like a religious experience. For others, a family affair. And that may have been helped with the names given to the performers as introduced by Duran himself. For up to three points, what is the name of his band, a three-word term referring to religious generosity? Next, what religious figure is the nickname of the bass player that we know Philip admires, who is named Egberto Foster Jr.? And what relative from a certain side of the family does Durand introduce himself as? Lord Jesus. <laughs> All right, that's not the answer. Was that, was that the religious um, figure? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so I okay. So the band, the band. Uh, I want to say I want to say Tithe and Offering. Tithe and Offering. I want right. to say Tithe and Offering. Okay. I do not know. In all honesty, the second. That's okay. Uh, I think it's a guessable thing. Yeah. If you just want to think of a religious figure or the name of a popular re- religious figure who he might give as a nickname. I mean, I would say Buddha. Buddha. All you right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say Buddha. Okay. And then let's see here. So, and the, and the third, the third one. Yes. He, he introduces himself as a relative from a certain side of the family. 
Oh yes, you're, you're on your cousin's side. Your um, your mm. I think you might have switched it around. If you want to, if you want to flip that around, I think you're on the right track. Cousin from you, from daddy's side is what I would say. All right, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight from London, it's Durand Bernard. <laughs> What? <laughs> it was like she a real one over here. She a real. She been watching. Stop it, baby. Let me tell you, you you are a revelation. You are a gift. You are joy. And I just want to say thank you. And also, I live for the earrings, giving you all kinds of tea, honey. Oh, <laughs> we gotta stay we hydrated and plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Nafis and Duran uh, showing off their uh, ear jewelry, both spectacular. Duran, what an absolute joy for you to join us. Thank you uh, so much. Tell us about what you're doing there in London. So I'm here a few days early uh, because I'm starting my very first European tour. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, This is the third leg of my third tour. Thank you so much. And yeah, we're hitting Paris, two shows in London. Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and Berlin. Oh, that's so exciting. And I understand you actually so, you actually ducked out of a rehearsal to be with us today. I did. We're, we're, we're back here. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we're back here. Literally finished up everything. So, uh, yes, no, this was, I took my earpod off so we could all hear it. Yeah. <laughs> we were all like, no, when she said whisper like real fast, yeah. I said, oh, no, she's been watching. <laughs> <laughs> she's watching. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Pr- so proud. So proud. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Well, Nafis mentioned that uh, you had toured with uh, Erica Badu and the way that Erica found you to bring you on to her band is such an incredible story. Can you can you summarize it for us? Woo! So I was posting uh, covers on YouTube back in when I first started in 2007, and I was covering some of her songs. She was some of the artists I was uh, covering, and I didn't know that she was so into technology and videos and all that stuff on the internet. So. I was tweeting, I mentioned her, uh, and she actually responded. Uh, and then while I was tweeting her, I said, oh, well, while I have you, <laughs> I want you to know, I did a, a, a EP compilation for you that I'm releasing on Valentine's Day, and it's dedicated to you. And she said, you wouldn't happen to be that young man who sang that hump on YouTube, is it? <gasps> and, you know, at, at that time, you know, just my, 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 my esophagus and my throat and my lungs just fell out. Wow. <laughs> and so I had to hurry wow. and... and Pick that up and go excuse myself because, yes, she knew who I was. Wow. And then um, it was a year later. I happened to be in L.A. Because uh, by this time we were texting because she, you know, she sent me a message saying, I want you to be my band. <gasps> we just didn't know what the what the time frame yeah. was. And I just ended up in L.A. around the time that she was about to do Coachella. I had never heard of Coachella before. <laughs> and so when I hit her up and said, are you in L.A.? And she was like, yeah. I said, I am too. She said, oh, great. Are you doing Coachella with us? I said, what is that? If you don't call me and tell me what's going on. <laughs> so so we, we we did that. I came, ended up staying with her for a couple of days before we went to uh, Coachella. That was my first gig. Nobody told me anything what? about the dress code or the, or the wardrobe or what we were doing. Your first gig was Coachella? That is outrageous. At 22. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. 22. That was my first gig with her. But then there were moments throughout the set where she would look back and smile at me. Uh, and so it was just kind of, okay, we good. We good. We're doing good. <laughs> and um, literally right after the set, I walked off stage and I tr- it truly felt like someone had just stuck chopped onions in my face because mm. I just could not stop crying. Uh, and she's sitting there like, She's sitting here like, "Mm mm-hmm, that was your audition. (laughs) (laughs) 
Meanwhile, she had already made up in her mind that she wanted me there, but it was just like, I just wanted to see how you was going to do, but welcome. Wow. <laughs> wow. It really circles back to what Philip was saying earlier about you got to put that out there. You got to, you got to, you know, do, do, do the work so that people can find 100%. you. And who would have known that Erica Badu was the one that found you? Wow. And also, and not just doing the work, but doing mm. work that makes you stick out. Mm. Because mm -hmm. everybody is singing. Everybody's acting. Everybody's dancing. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a content creator. Everybody's a comedian. What about your content should make us stop and go, oh, what you got going on over there? Mm. 100%. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this Tiny Desk concert. Uh, how did that come to be? Was that something you had targeted for a while? Bobby Carter, shout out to Bobby Carter, who was the producer at, um, one of the producers at um, Tiny Desk. He reached out, I think in 2019, was like, yo, we would love to have you on. And then the pandemic happened. And of course, mm -hmm. everybody was doing the Tiny Desk home concerts. Right. And he was going to ask me to submit, but he said, we need you at the desk. <laughs> so let's just Correct. hold off for a second. And they found out I was doing my tour at the top of the year. They said, hey, uh, would you like to come in, you know, on an off day? And first of all, I'd already been letting my inner child drive some of these shows by dressing up because I couldn't dress up for Halloween. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just, you know, what do we want to dress up as? Want to go as Beetlejuice, as Popeye, as Freddy Krueger, or, you know, Carmen Sandiego, or The Mask, whatever, whatever it is that we feel like doing. I was actually going to do Popeye for uh, NPR, but my creative director said, Fran, we need to do the Uncle Bobby look instead because that's going to be way more iconic on top of Disney has rebooted the show and tiny desk was lodged right in the middle of six consecutive shows mm. in a row i was so like my nerves really came over me and i have not had those nerves since my first gig with badu that was 12 <gasps> years ago wow it was the speech that bobby gave before he introduced me it was just being in this space and being an independent artist mm. you know you know uh it was overwhelming on top of having you know my 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 crew with me people that i've known since i was 12 19 you know all that stuff they're there with me so i didn't feel alone we had been on the road for three weeks uh so we were really locked yeah in. and the singers that i got were guys from my very first tour back in 2016 we only had one rehearsal the day no, of the dc show no one rehearsal mm -hmm. that's how you know we're that locked in i trusted mm -hmm. them and literally, my uh, uh -huh. uh, Tank and the Bangers, Tank from, <laughs> from the Bangers, she hit me up. She said, babe, she said, those background singers? She said, they're literally your voice, but different personality. Well, it's so interesting uh -huh. that you mentioned that because wow. that's what first stood out to me hearing that, you know, before you see the incredible dance moves and the, the different musicality that you have. Th those harmonies are incredible. Do, do you arrange that or does, do you have somebody who helps you with that? Yes. You do the arranging? Oh, no, I, I, I arrange my stuff. I'm, it's, it's, that's church all day. That's Kirk it, Franklin. That's Richard Smallwood. It, and that's, it is incredible. You know, I, I, and so tight. Yeah. That's amazing. It came only from one rehearsal. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was sort of my entry point to being like, wow. oh, wow, this is, this is something that I can feel was those harmonies. The video for that concert's gotten over a million views by now. You got written up on a lot of big music sites. Uh, did you have a sense that things had changed for you after that ran? I had to get security. Oh, yeah. Wow. <gasps> what? Really? I, in a good I way, in a good scary, fun like, way, or in a bad, scary way that we shouldn't talk in about? In a way <laughs> where, in a way where being five eight and under one hundred forty five pounds just doesn't work in my favor. Got it. When people are so drawn to you that they want to grab you, oh yeah, oh, they want to oh, yeah. like when people see me when they, especially when you see me on the Terrell show or you see me where I'm just cutting up, they automatically like, oh my god, like this is 
I have to touch you yes. like because you're real. Yes. And it's just, I love people. I'm such a people person, but also I can't stand people all at the same uh, time. I'm, I'm with you, Duran. Same. So, so it's yeah. a, for those who know, they know, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I will say though, but the, but the main thing though, that is so gratifying is that I get to wake up and be myself and that make way for me. Not only does that does that open doors for me, but I get to create my own door. Yeah. Let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Nafis. First one, what was the name of the band in Duran Bernard's Tiny Desk concert? Helen, what did Nafis say? Nafis said tithe and offering. And Duran? She was correct. That's right. Very nice for the point. Tithe and offering. All right. Next, we want to know what religious figure is the nickname of the bass player, otherwise known as Egberto Foster Jr. Helen, what did Nafis say? She said Buddha. And Duran? Buddha Foster, that's it. There it is as okay well. Okay now. So good. Is <laughs> Buddha happen to be yeah. with you? Is, is Buddha with Thank you in rehearsing you. there? He'll be here when we get to Paris because I came a few days early oh, okay. just so I could get adjusted to the time, but he'll okay. be with us on Friday. Okay, great. I thought I was just yeah. I was hoping Philip could tell him in person how much he enjoyed his uh, performance, but he was definitely. Oh, yeah. oh no, I will. I will. Trust me. Amazing. Trust me, man. I, and, I, and I love that. I, I love that the band and everyone else is getting shine and getting recognition because. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just me. Absolutely. And it got in a piece of point. All right. And then finally, Helen, we wanted to know what relative and from what side of the family did Durand introduce himself as? What did Nafis say? Nafis said, your cousin from your daddy's side. And Durand? She's almost right. It's your favorite cousin. (laughs) 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 But you got it, though. You got it. You're going to give her the point. Very nice. (laughs) And uh, I understand. I understand that's kind of become a thing for you. I've seen that uh, since we I've seen that since I've seen the concert in different uh, ways that you talk about yourself on different websites and all that. What's the origin of that being the favorite cousin on your daddy's side? It originated from a a jam session that uh, my creative director, Mel, uh, put together called the Juice Joint. And it's like a big family gathering. You know, it's the jam session. There's no list. You know, everybody pays, mm-hmm. you know. And she would say things like, you know, we your favorite cousin on your on your daddy's side, on your mama's side, this, that, mm-hmm. and the third. Or she would call me like the prince of the juice joint, <laughs> you know, because I would be there all the time. So that that's kind of where it originated from. And um, I take that role to heart yeah. because when I think about being your favorite cousin on your daddy's side, I'm the, I'm the cousin that that you grew up with that moved away Mm -hmm. that traveled the world that got all this different experience and culture. And then I come back and I show y'all, Hey, look what I learned. (laughs) I'm trying to get y'all hip to some game, some perspective, ways to love yourself, how to move forward in life, et cetera. Very, very thoughtful. All right. Well, while we have you here, Nafis, is there anything else you'd like to say or ask of Duran Bernard? I just want to say thank you for bringing this village together, you know, in all the ways that you do. And your music, which is prolific, um, you being so honest and so um, courageous just in your authenticity, it allows um, other artists, you know, to also step into ourselves fully. And I see you. Okay. (laughs) So I just recognize and appreciate you. Also, you look familiar. Have we met oh. in person before? I'm not sure. I travel a lot for my art uh, practice as a sculptor, so I'm I'm like I'm here and there. Are you her? Are you so, are you Duran's favorite cousin on his mama's side? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but you know what? We're right. meeting now, and you know what? We're that's, meeting now. That's, that's automatic. I feel kindreds, just kindreds, you just know? Just kindreds, awesome. <laughs> Dran, it's yeah. been such a joy for you to join us. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they do that? 
please just go ahead and visit me at duranbernard.com. That's D-U-R-A-N-D-B-E-R-N-A-R-R-R.com. Please sign on up to that mailing list. I'm on the Twitters. Okay, your mama named you Twitter. That's what I'm going to call you. I'm on the Instagram <laughs> and the TikToks and the Facebooks, you know, all that stuff. I'm really not hard to find, though. Awesome. Well, we're so happy that you found your way to us. Everybody, it's Duran Bernard. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> Helen, what is our score as we head into that final round? Oh, that was so exciting, Jakey. Uh, at the end of that round, Philip Bowen has nine points and Mephis M. White has seven points. Now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Philip and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, please answer each statement with true or false. Here we begin. Philip, there is a popular American TV show called Shark Tank. True. Correct. Nafis, Shark Tank is a show about aquariums. False. Correct. Yes, it's about businesses pitching for investment. Philip, before the American Shark Tank show, there was a version in Australia. True. Incorrect. Nafis, before the American Shark Tank show, there was a version in Canada. True. Correct. Philip, before the Canadian show, there was a version in Britain. True. Correct. Nafis, before the British show, there was a version in Japan. False. Incorrect. No, there really was. Philip, before the Japanese show, there was a version in India. False. Correct. Nafis, Japan's show was called Iron Shark. False. Correct. Philip, it was called Dragon's Den. True. Incorrect. Nafis, it was called Lion's Den. True. Incorrect. Philip, it was called Shark's Den. False. Correct. Nafis, it was called Shark's Living Room. <laughs> False. Correct. And finally, Philip, it was called Shark's Bedroom with a Spacious Walk-In Closet. False. <laughs> Correct. All right, we're not going to count those last few. Uh, I want to thank Philip and Nafis as Helen tabulates the final score. By the way, Japan's version was called Tigers of Money. Britain and Canada's version Ooh. is Dragon's Den. Australia did have a version, but it came out after the American one, and it was called Shark Tank Australia. All right, Helen, are you ready to announce the final score on today's show? I am at the end of the game. Philip Bowen has 12 points and Nafis M. White has 10 points. Oh, congratulations, Philip. You are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. What will you do with your championship? Um, I'm going to go out on the town tonight for sure. All right. Well, take us with you. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a runaway beer truck? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. Please, please, please tow or haul us with you. We'll enjoy that. All right. We're going to wrap up by giving everyone here a chance to mention or promote uh, where people can find them. Philip, where can people find you and what you're up to? If you want to listen to my music, uh, just pick your favorite platform and, and look for my name. And my last – Bowen is my real last name. No pun intended with the fiddle. And then, of course, just look for me on your favorite social media platform, uh, Philip Bowen. I'm out there. And come say hello. Excellent. We're certainly glad that you came and said hello to us today. Philip Bowen, everybody. Thank you. Nafis M. White, where can people find you and your work? Ah, people can find me on social media, Nafis M. White. You can also go to my website, nafiswhite.com. My next big exhibition is going to be at the Museum of the African Diaspora in San Francisco, California. So come check me out there in March. Excellent. We're so happy that you checked us out today, Nafis M. White. Thanks so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, you are so lucky because my hosting partner is Helen Hong. Helen, where can people find you? You can follow me on the socials, on Instagram and Twitter, at Funny Helen Hong, and on Facebook, at Comedian Helen Hong. That's where you find her. She is Helen Hong. And me, you can find me on, I guess I'm going to say Twitter because that's the name its mama gave it, uh, <laughs> at J underscore Q. 
Keith. Uh, you can find me in all the other socials at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Helen Hong, Philip Bowen, Nafis M. White, Owen Schmidt, Jed Drenning, and Duran Bernard. And thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like us on Facebook, follow us on all the socials, all at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Flute77 did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, I'm a trivia junkie, and while other podcasts help me to practice, this one helps me to actually learn trivia. Thanks, Flute77. Helen, I think that means we're teachers. Ooh, I feel so wise. Thanks, Flute 77. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the world. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor is Julian Burrell. Today's show engineer is Jeremy Beavers. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif. Quiz assistance provided by Clint Tauscher and Brian Phillips. Promotional graphics by Eric Tran. Videos by Annie LaFerriere. Added support from Dave Bianchi, Christine Villada, and Dave McKeever. Special thanks to Rachel Hurley of Sweetheart Pub. Bernard Farabee Sr. at Behind the Access MGMT. Sean England of The Purple Agency. Ileana Thomas of The Nucleus, Amy Prunty at West Virginia University Athletics Communications, Brandon J. Carr, Maji Peason, and Faith Saley. I've been Helen Hall! Let's go watch Mountaineers Athletics! While singing <laughs> along to Duran Bernard! Oh, that is a combo. <laughs> I think they've got a new unofficial school song. Yeah, move over, John Denver. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.